on America Can We Talk. I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Coming up next, America Can We Talk with your host, Debbie Georgiatos. And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatos. First of all, um, I want to tell you quickly what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, which First thing is Father's Day, which I, I have a lot to say about that, actually. Also, uh, who runs and who is the U.S. government? This is becoming a really fundamental question, uh, and hint it is not Bill Barr, even though he thinks it is. Um, the GOP blinks and Adam Schiff escapes. Really consequential story. And finally, today is Juneteenth. And I'll talk about that. Okay, so on the subject of Father's Day, first and foremost, I hope you all had a wonderful Father's Day. I hope everyone had the opportunity to celebrate Father's Day with your dad, your husband, your son, fathers and your family. It's just a great thing that America has this holiday uh, for Father's Day. And you know, there has been many, many years doing this show on Father's Day. I've done a breakdown of data, which I think every American who's trying to pay attention already knows, but Fathers present in the family are massively consequential to helping children turn out uh, as young adults to be responsible and just to get them off on a start on a good life. Data are overwhelming showing, for example, the extraordinarily high percentage of men who are in prison for any range of crime there is, uh, a very, very high percentage grew up in homes without fathers. Fathers provide examples. They provide you know, identity, they provide the idea um, that you have a place and a purpose, they give examples of responsibility. Fathers and home create, homes create stability. And I didn't do a bunch of deep dive this year, this year on Father's Day to talk about that again, but I w didn't want to bring it up just to make the point that if you know these things, which everyone who's a policymaker in Washington, D.C., and in every state capital in America, Every one of these people who make rules and policies that either promote and support fatherhood or in the case of many massive, massive government handout programs actually undoubtedly irrefutably discourage and delegitimize fatherhood. When you make programs that pay out masses of millions of dollars over years and people are eligible, women and children with no father in the home are the ones who are eligible, it doesn't matter whether you say it wasn't your intent to cause the breakup of the American family unit. At this point, everyone who makes policy understands those kinds of policies, those kinds of give the programs that simply create government dependency and that are they are you're rewarded for not having a father in the home. Those programs have fed the destruction of the American family. And every honest policymaker on both sides of the aisle knows this. And so it leads me to the point of when you know these things, why doesn't anything ever change? 
why don't policymakers change policies once they see that what they set in place has actually caused not just a growth in the percentage of fatherless homes in America, but they've actually caught those policies they created have caused harm to America's youth. The, it isn't just people in prison who have an extremely high, uh, high, much, much higher than the uh, national average uh, of people who are in prison who grew up in fatherless homes. The same is true of people getting arrested, dropping out of high school, um, you know, committing crimes, getting uh, involved in drugs, becoming addicted, becoming alcoholics. Every, every range of thing you never hope it happens to any child any person of any race, ethnicity, national origin, or skin color, you hope never happens. All of the bad things you, you hope never happen to your kids happen more when kids grow up in fatherless homes. And yet you have leftists in this country, and frankly, the right doesn't deserve that much of a break either, continuing to fund and structure programs that promote and engender fatherlessness. I wasn't going to go off on that today. I didn't bring data, but I, every year I think about that. You know, I think about you know, how blessed we were in our, my life growing up. We had my father. My husband and I both had uh, fathers in the home as we were growing up. And, you know, it isn't like they sat down and gave us a lecture every day about what fatherhood is or means. It's that they showed by example. So I was going to tell you a little story about Father's Day, though, that I wrote about in my weekly column this week. Um, but I want to share it with you because it really uh, it kind of ties to the big picture of where we are in America. And, and as you know, I do this show to speak up for the great and unique and extraordinary greatness of America. And then and to try to, you know, to, try to really you know, wave the alarm bell, wave the flag. You know, we are in trouble in America. We are losing our country. So on Father's Day, I'll quickly tell you that, um, that my Father's Day story uh, was on uh, this past Friday. Uh, we, had, we, we were at a dinner party. It's a group of eight people, and you know, this is just a, a is all very political people, very, very, very well-informed people, well-educated, well-informed, serious conservatives. You know, had a, there was this dinner party, and literally from the moment everybody came in until the evening was over, um, there was just constant, constant talk about America and constant talk about you know just just how, what a precarious position America is in in terms of trying to preserve the future of America, trying to preserve freedom, trying to preserve anything like the America of the founding with the promise that our declaration gave, the idea of all men be being created equal, of us having inalienable rights from our creator, that we have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I and mean, we talked about the whole range of issues facing America. Um, and so it was just a, you know, it was a lively evening. We had fun. We had good food. We had fun. and and But it was, you know, from nonstop for you know, almost four hours, that this was eight people, you know, four couples talking about how they see America. One of the many things we got off on was, you know, the speculation whether or not the Democrats are going to let the clearly senile, um, he who occupies the White House, Biden, remain in office and re actually run again, um, which is what he's talking about. Or are they going to pull him out and put somebody else in? You know, everyone speculates and worries that they might put in Michelle Obama as a Democrat candidate for president. So we had that discussion. We 
talked a lot about things about you know the, the loss of rule of law and also and, and what's happened as a result not just of how the January 6 defendants are being treated but more broadly how the government in America for the first time is really willing to criminalize opposition to the government's position on anything we are watching the loss of rule of law the loss of freedom of speech uh, we're just watching the the actual kind of abandonment or um, uh, just disintegration of what America was meant to be. So it was a somber and serious discussion. And one of the key high points that I want to talk about today and often was that what people get around to saying is, but what are we going to do about it? What is any logical American going to do about it? How are we going to fight back? How are we going to um, let you know the American people know um, that that th this is happening? And so anyway, it was a great, great discussion. Uh, I ran, I did in my newsletter, I did a little litany of things that are happening because it's not just, oh, in fact, by the way, that, that was one thing I want to tell you. Okay, so uh, in my newsletter, I did make reference to a really clever thing uh, that a Fox News producer a now-fired Fox News producer did. Um, maybe many of you saw it, but last week Fox News had television had some story up, and they had a split screen, so they have uh, Biden on the left, blah, 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 about something, and Trump on the right, and he's uh, at his speech at Bedminster, and, and so after the indictment. And so the, the Fox headline that briefly flashed across the screen said, wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. His political rival arrested. So it was a, I mean, you know, truth in advertising is not defamatory. It is just flat out truth. But, you know, it was not supposed to be there. This is some Fox News producer who just took the chance, clearly recognizing he'd probably lose his job, and he did. I guess they let him resign, but he's otherwise going to fire him. But he put that up as a headline, whatever was supposed to be, you know, they call it the Chiron, the thing running across the bottom. And so, you know, we have Biden, blah, 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 and you have Trump at Bedminster and across the bottom. America's reading this headline again, just to make sure I tell you what it was. Wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. So that Chiron stung. But that, this back to this Friday night thing, the event at our home, you know, we were kind of laughing about that. Um, and then we're also just talking about how, you know, it's, it's not just bad in, in America that you actually have, we're behaving like a third world banana republic, having the incumbent president use the power of the national law enforcement agencies, which are completely under his control, to go after his political rival, because that is what Biden is doing. He is actually in charge of the Justice Department. Okay, not really Biden. Whoever really runs the country, Biden is a puppet. He is uh, sadly suffering from some form of extreme dementia. He's very confused. He's not running the country. Everyone understands this. He's being run by Obama and Soros and whoever else is in the cabal pulling all the strings. But then we went through a bunch of things, you know, so that's bad enough that that happened. Um, but we also just talked about the whole um, January 6th thing and how people are now the January 6th thing is not just that you continue to have really, in, in some cases, completely innocent Americans uh, facing prosecution by the federal government and facing prison, um, but you have the rest of the American public learning the lesson. In fact, one of these people at this dinner uh, we were at, who's very, very savvy, very wise, she just said, I'd never speak up again. She said, if they steal the election, 
in 2024. You have Trump runs against Biden, which is what looks like it'll be, and they steal the election again, nobody will protest. That was actually a big discussion. Will people still protest? Or they just say, I learned my lesson from the, how the January 6th people were treated. We, we can't even protest. Um, and you know, we have more and more evidence coming out about what Biden uh, obviously has done in connection with receiving now, it's in the tens of millions of dollars that the House committee investigating him now says they have proof of through bank records, the Biden family essentially appears through bribery, accepting 30 to $50 million funneled to their family through their family bank accounts uh, from foreign powers. I mean, flat out illegal, flat out treasonous, flat out wrong. Um, and you have no one in Congress pretty much willing to do anything about that. Um, and then, you know, so anyway, the things we talked about, you know, we have that I want to mention, and I'm getting to a point about Father's Day. I am, I am. But, you know, we, we talk about all these issues at night, you know. Congress sees millions of dollars now, evidence of millions of dollars, making its way from the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, right to the Biden family, and pretty much no one cares. And in Congress, you know, a few people on the committee are trying to say, hey, this is pretty serious. I'm not sure we should just uh, let this go. Um, you, have, you have the Biden uh, administration, the entire Biden administration has utterly abandoned the southern border and pretty much abandoned the American military, literally to the point that the American, the, the border is, is, there isn't a border. And, and for those of you living in, I don't know what state you live in, far from the southern border, you think you don't care, this problem is coming to you because all these millions of people pouring into America, including criminals, including terrorists, including Chinese nationals, young men of fighting age and in an era when China wants to take America down. All these people, they're coming to you too. It's not just here in the gray state of Texas. Uh, you have the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency effort, rolling on the idea the federal government's gonna take control of all of your money. And they're going, you're gonna be sure to find out shortly what that means when you don't have access to the money you have earned and saved because the government in an effort to help has made it, all, made it all digital so you don't have access to your money. Very soon going to be coming controls by the federal government how you spend your money. Uh, we have the de-dollarization and just the utter destruction of the strength of the American dollar at the hands of this administration. Uh, we have massive proof elections were rigged, not just in 2020, but actually going back to about 2002. And not just, this is not just about Donald Trump and 2020. It is the very apparatus of our elections, the very vehicle by which all of us have the capacity to be the government. We, the people in our system, are the sovereign. We are the government. And the only way we can actually direct the government is by free and fair and honest elections. But when the evidence of election rigging is overwhelming, and I'm telling you, numerous, in fact, majority of governors in this state or in this country are aware of that of this uh, many people in congress are aware many people at the federal level they understand the elections are rigged and they understand that electronic manipulation of voter tabulation software is a is a given is is if they understand what came out in mesa county report number three and nothing happens. I mean, nothing happens. Nothing consequential to fix the problem happens. Uh, parents are risking a loss of custody of their children if they won't go along with this transgender lunacy that had this fad that has fad that has overtaken the nation. Um, and so you, you, you see all these issues, and and I'm getting out. So so back to our Friday night dinner. We have this really nice grump bunch of friends. You know, four couples, eight people. Talk 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 talk. You know, all about these issues. Okay, so father. 
Father's Day, um, we celebrated Father's Day in our family on Saturday night because we had out-of-town company coming in yesterday, which was really Father's Day. So we had, uh, we had you know, non-family company coming in yesterday. So we had a Father's Day dinner out on Saturday night. And so we had a family dinner, and so we're out at a restaurant, and um, the place was packed. Obviously, many people celebrating Father's Day. And so there were, you know, there were just a ton of people there. I mean, we had made a reservation, but a lot of people waiting for a table. Um, and just the place was packed and it was happy. I mean, we're seeing families and babies and grandparents and people who probably are great grandparents, wide range of ages, big families, small families, happiness, laughter, smiling. And then right outside this restaurant is a really busy commercial area and just, you know, very nice stores. And the streets just with people walking outside were just upbeat, packed, walking around, looking in the store windows, you know, um, enjoying the night out on Saturday night. And I was thinking during the dinner on Father's Day, for our Father's Day, which was Saturday night, how many people am I looking at in this room who have any idea at all what is happening to our country? How many people sitting here are just thinking, well, nothing could be really wrong in the country. I mean, look, we have this nice restaurant. We have good food. My family's here. All these people are here. We have stores all around. And, you know, we just have a, we have a wonderful uh, country. And so, and we do have a wonderful, extraordinary country. But how many of them realize how close we are to losing the freedom that upon which America was founded? the God-given freedom, the rule of law, the rights of private property, the rights to live with a sense of privacy, the rights to have to own your own possessions, the rights to have America live out its time as a sovereign nation. How many people in that lovely restaurant on Saturday understood anything about the conversation on Friday? So I was talking to a friend today, but we were, you know, I mean, I'm actually, I have brought this up um, even since the dinner we had on um, Saturday. We had, uh, when our out-of-town friend arrived on Sunday, we had a couple of friends over um, to be with him and, you know, visit and all that. And, you know, we, we had this conversation about this issue. One person made this great comment. It is like all the people in that restaurant are sitting in the fanciest room, fanciest lodging available on the Titanic. They're, they're th so happy because they're on the Titanic. It's exciting. They have a beautiful room. And you know, there's that iceberg over there, but I don't worry about that because look at what we have right here. I really, I love that example that we're sitting in the finest, you know, finest um, room uh, that they had on the Titanic. And, um, and not seeing what's about to happen. And I know that that can sound melodramatic, but the reason I want to do the first five and talk about Father's Day is, I think America, I mean, I tell you every, almost every show I can, America is a unique and extraordinary and great nation. America is a blessed nation, blessed because of the ideas of our founding. And we have had, we had the first 100 plus years really of America growing in and rooted in and expanding on and living off of the richness of the ideas of our founding. But here we are we, in 2023, where really for the last, whether you want to count it, you know, 20 or 40 or 80 or 100 years, 
the very ideas of America have been undermined within our culture, within our society. They have been undermined in, in what Americans believe about themselves. The, and so America has slowly been had the roots of our founding root pulled out in front of us, and we don't see it, and we don't recognize it. So America really is, as I've talked to you many times about, America is really uh, at a place where the now ruling elite in Washington, the majority, uh, current majority party in Washington that occupies uh, the White House and has a majority in the Senate and, is, and you know, a slim, they have, they have a minority in the House, but they're still very powerful. But this entire anti-American party, what formerly was a Democrat party, is utterly and deeply committed to antagonism to everything that America is about. They don't believe in your freedom. They don't believe in free markets. They do believe in socialism and communism. They do believe your free speech rights should be infringed whenever they don't like what you think or say. They do believe you should not have the right to protest against anything or even think anything they don't like. They believe they have the right to shut down social media and sh shut down the uh, massive, allegedly private social media companies that might be sharing the truth with you. These people, this is why that Chiron that, that ran on Fox and, and made, and I mean, really, really made people crazy uh, was so telling. Again, the Chiron said with Biden on one side of the split screen, Trump on the other, wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. You know, Biden isn't mentally with it enough to be a dictator at this point, but he's had this mindset his entire political career. He's never been the doddering fool of a grandfather that people, that is conveyed by the media and by the way he behaves. He is doddering and hair sniffing and has been confused for many years, but he's a hard, hard leftist. And he has been since the day he stepped foot in the United States Senate. Which reminds me, by the way, uh, tomorrow on the show, we're going to have a guest in studio who has been here before, a named Trevor Loudon. Trevor Loudon is a New Zealand native. He's now American citizen also. And he is a, for decades now, has been on the mission of exposing how the radical spread of communism through the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, the radical spread of communism has been far more successful than Americans ever knew goes on to this day, he's going to be telling us about all of the people in the United States Congress, in the U.S. Senate, in our government, and in many, many powerful aspects of American society are directly tied to either the Communist Party of the United States of America or one of the communist um, organizations that the CCP has planted in America or to the CCP itself. Just because we don't see these people don't walk around with I am communist tattooed in their forehead. We have to become more and more alert to what, who these people are and what they're doing to America. They are part and parcel of what Biden is doing to this country. He is very sympathetic to and supportive of the agenda of the very hard left in America. He ran as a Democrat and he was chosen by the party officials as their candidate in 2020 because he looks like a doddering grandfather. His face and name are familiar to American voters. He's as hard left as they come, as are many, many people in his administration. So that's tomorrow. Don't miss uh, Trevor Loudon tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to turn my next topic. And this kind of ties to what I was just talking about. Uh, who runs and who is? Actually, no, no, wait, no, I'm not going there yet. So I'm going to say one more thing about this whole idea. How many people sitting in the restaurant on Saturday night 
understand the discussion from Friday night. And it kind of ties into something I want to urge you to think about when you think about, because every speech I do, and I, I do public speaking, I do this show, uh, I do a lot of moderating of panels and events, and the main question you always get after every single one is, what can I do about it? How can I help? What can I do to save this country? And you know, it's great if you can start a movement. It's great if you can start a really compelling podcast or show or blog post. It's great if you can show up at your county commissioner court and your school boards, wherever you can show up and be a voice and be a president. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And, and be so sorry. That is my phone after all my time telling people, stop, my God. I am so sorry. That's actually um, someone else. <laughs> so sorry. That was my phone. Anyway, um, this, this, what can I do about it? The answer really is what you can do about it is massively important to understand. You can do a lot about saving America just by telling your friends, your colleagues, your tennis buddies, your mahjong, club, whatever it is you do, who you hang out with, try to raise the alarm bell about where we are in America. Try to raise the alarm bell about what's happening to our country. Because if you can do that, if you can, you don't have to say, vote Republican, I like Trump, I like whoever it is you like, you know, vote Republican. It's not that message. Do you realize that our border, we have now have, we're going to have by the time the Biden first term is over, something in the range of 30 to 35 million illegal aliens living in America. Many of them are our enemies, they are terrorists, they are dangerous people, and we don't have a southern border. Spread that story. Whatever your issue is that, that helps you, that really causes you to feel on fire, talk about that to your friends. Be part of the, it is like in the founding of America when you had the, um, you know, when you had all sorts of people in the towns in New England trying to raise the alarm bell to their friends. Be that patriot today in America, spreading the word about what, what hap what's happening to our country. If you get my newsletter, which first of all, if you do, thank you for um, subscribing. If you get my newsletter, forward my newsletter. If you don't wanna you know, have the conversations, forward this, I've been getting this, I'd love to have you read it. Be active in spreading the word, raising awareness. All right, now I wanna talk to who runs and who is the US and who is the US government and it's not Bill Barr. The reason I wanted to do that is, you know, there's now, when you think about, first of all, when you think about the seriousness of what this Biden regime is in, they are in the midst of the literal Marxist destruction of America. That is not hyperbole or exaggeration. We are watching the Marxist takedown of America by the Biden administration. It's not really him. I don't know who you want to blame, but it's not him. You know, he's just a puppet. But we're watching that happen. The seriousness, seriousness with which the, you know, the Biden team is forcing at every turn, at every turn, they are harming America, refusing to force in border, you know, making the military into a joke, you know, the funding to the military for more programs to discuss pronouns and transgender rights and other utter foolishness that has no place in the U.S. military, yet it's prominent in the military. You have the military leaders blathering away about the most dangerous thing to America is white supremacy, which barely exists in America, and they know it. They know it. So this is where we really are, and yet we have to be having a conversation in Washington about whether or not President Trump, 
who through the Presidential Records Act had the right to have access to all the documents that pertain to his presidency, period, full stop. That's what the law says, that he had that right. He had documents at Mar-a-Lago. Biden had documents in two different places. The Clintons had documents. Obama had documents. Everybody else, it doesn't matter. But Trump, they're going after. Trump, they're going after and, um, and, and wanting to make it literally into a federal case. And I want to turn and talk about something that I just think is important to get this clarity about what these people are doing. So Bill Barr, who uh, I will sadly announce to you or agree, uh, admit to you that when he first came along, uh, when he was appointed by President Trump to be attorney general, I actually thought, you know, maybe there's some hope. He seemed like kind of a square shooter. I couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, you know, mea culpa to me, on me, I, you know, I, I was totally wrong about him. But there's a real, is an important aspect or element of what he's saying that's important to grasp. Bill Barr and, you know, other unpatriotic pundits who are going on all sorts of Sunday shows are arguing the idea, resurrecting the idea, the notion that because uh, Donald Trump is no longer in the White House, then the government must be in charge. And the government consists of the DOJ and the FBI and the archives people, the National Archives people. I mean, there are a slew of federal agencies uh, that are getting involved in this takedown of Trump. And make no mistake, it is an actually intended takedown of Trump. This is not about documents. This is not about documents. It is about whether they can remove him from contention for running for president in 2024. I mean, he is running, but they want to remove him from contention or so they believe sully his name in the minds of voters uh, that they won't support him. So far, all of this harassment of him has only increased his popularity, Trump's popularity. But the point I want to get at is this. The structure of our country from the Constitution is the idea that we the people, we are the sovereign. And contrasting with prior to the founding of America, the king or the queen, the monarchy was the sovereign. They had control. They were the final say. They control wherever their territory was. In America, it was not going to be changed from a sovereign to a, from a monarchy to a president to be the sovereign. The change from sovereignty went from the king and queen, the monarchy, to the people. And the way we, the people, maintain our sovereignty is by using the election process, choosing our, in our states, governors, state reps, state senators, and the federal level president and the members of the Senate and the House. That's what government, that's what the structure of the government is in America. And the people choose the president they want to choose. They choose after all these people run. And, 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 and you know, you likely know in 2020, you know, uh, President Trump was running for re-election, had his first term. Um, and then you had Joe Biden, who didn't really run at all. He hung out in his basement, claimed he was trying to protect people from COVID or whatever stupid excuse he had. He didn't run a campaign. And our incredibly corrupt election system announced, you know, several days after election, hey, turns out who knew Biden won? You know, even at the time on January 6th, everyone knew that wasn't true. And by now, you have to be living under a rock and refusing to read or hear or listen if you still think that Biden won and got 81 million votes back in uh, 2020 because he didn't and everyone knows it. I'm sorry, but getting back to what, what Bill Barr is doing, 
he's constructing the National Archives, which is the, the you know, it's a federal entity is, whose job it is to hold on to documents. The National Archives, uh, there was a, a lengthy testimony by, by people from the National Archives um, in Congress, a 75-page transcript of their testimony to Congress um, in which they're basically talking about how very, very, very worried they are that uh, President Trump had these documents and uh, he's not allowed to have them and we should have them and we don't like he had them and blah, blah, blah. So they're blathering on and on about. And, and they're, they're also kind of bragging in their testimony, which is fine. They're bragging about the volume of documents that the, um, that the National Archives currently has. You know, the National, I'm going to say their name once, National Archives and Records Administration, or NARA. It's going to call them the archives. So the archives bragging, they have mountains, they have, you know, where it was, 15 football fields, five and a half football fields, floor to ceiling is how much, uh, how many documents they have. And so they're in a gripe with the president over possession, uh, President Trump over possession of documents, which he had the right to possess. And he has the right on the Presidential um, Records Act. He has the right because he was president to make any declaration concerning their status as whether or not they were secret, top secret, unclassified, whatever they were, it's, he is, you know, he's the one, he's the president, he's the head of it all. And so, the concept of the, represent, the representatives of the people is the people elect, we elect the House and the Senate, the Congress, we elect the president, and then the courts are created through the process that goes through Congress. So the courts are created, the federal courts are created through a process that goes through Congress. So even indirectly, the people are participating in the process of the selection of the federal judges, even though they're not directly electing federal judges. That's what the government is in the Constitution. Under the president are a multitude of agencies and bureaucracies and bureaus. It is, it is the function of the president and the executive branch to carry forth, to carry out these uh, various functions that, that the federal government has. The, the, and so that includes under the president, under the president, uh, you know, National Archives, the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, uh, DOD, the Labor Department, the whole slew of bureaucracies. Those people function in the correct view of America um, under the president as part of his presidency, part of his ability to ex essentially execute the laws. That's their job. They execute the laws. Congress passes them. The executive branch executes them. The judiciary gets involved in a variety of ways that's not relevant to this discussion today. So what Bill Barr is doing is, is um, elevating uh, wrongly, falsely, dishonestly, elevating the bureaucratic entity that functions under the executive as over and more powerful than and in charge of punishing the president. Do you know what I'm saying? Trump, he isn't president right now, but he was president when all these documents were created. President when the documents were created, when he had the right to control them, when he had the right to remove them, when he had the right to take them to Mar-a-Lago. All that time, that was his job. He was president. Bill Barr is kind of trying to swoop in and actually mislead and contort the meaning of the Constitution by elevating these bureaucratic loudmouths. These bureau and loudmouth isn't even the right word. 
these bureaucracies that have taken on a life of their own that actually think, and this is a lament of many conservative presidents. I remember Reagan talking about it. When you become the president, you're supposed to be in charge. The bureaucracies, all those agencies, they work for you. They're, they're underneath the presidency. And what Reagan would say was how, you know, you got these people coming into agencies, you know, in, early in their 20s or 30s. They became career bureaucrats. They thought they ran the entire function of whatever that agency is, whether it's the EPA or the FDA or the DOD or whoever it was, they took on a life of their own, a power of their own, and they actually didn't care that much what Reagan told them policy was. Reagan would be saying, well, now I'm president. The people have elected me, so now we're doing this and we're not doing that. We're moving in this direction. This, And he's trying Reagan was trying to execute the laws and orders that were his to, in, to execute. Congress passes them or he does the orders. And what he was discovering, and even back then, he's talking about the arrogance of the bureaucratic class, that they think they're like the fourth branch of government and they don't really have to listen to the president. In fact, in their heads are thinking, I've been in this agency 20 years. Who's this goofball down there at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue trying to tell me what to do? You know, oh, I run the FDA, I run the DOD, I run whatever it is. I don't listen to this guy. He's just, you know, he's just some guy. He'll be gone in four years. And what Bill Barr is doing with respect to what Trump has with the documents, he is elevating the government, which he is kind of self-appointed spokesman for. The government, the, you know, the, uh, the all-hallowed archives and DOJ and FBI, they're above the president. They get to tell the president what he can keep, what he can't keep. They get to say whether or not he's allowed to have documents that he had the right to have. It is turning on its head the whole concept of representative government in America. Now, Bill Barr is a, you know, he's a disappointment on a wide range of issues, a wide range of issues. I have a quick, quick, quick clip. Um, I think, let me see if we have, yes, we do. Okay, very short clip. I could hardly stand listening to him, but here's a little bit of Bill Barr yesterday. Well, he, you know, this is, this is not a circumstance where he's the victim or th this is government overreach. Uh, he provoked this whole problem himself. Yes, he's been the victim of unfair witch hunts in the past, but that doesn't obviate the fact that he's also a fundamentally flawed person who engages in reckless conduct and that leads to situations, calamitous situations like this. Uh, which are very destructive and hurt any political cause he's associated with. And this was a case that entirely of his own making. He had no right to those documents. Uh, the uh, government tried for over a year quietly and with respect to get them back, which was essential that they do. Okay, here's the remedy that's supposed to happen. If the president, President Trump, you know, they, they attempted to impeach him over many, 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 many things. Or actually, it was two impeachments, but many nipping at the, the feet all the time. President Trump survived the attacks of the impeachments. He uh, both for impeachment one and two. He survived the attacks of the media for his first term. He, he survived all of it. And what you're really seeing now is these agencies saying, we decide what he's allowed to have. Doesn't matter that he, the Presidential Records Act says he gets to decide 
And that Presidential Records Act provision doesn't just say, while you're president. It's you get to decide. Among the things he apparently took with him was a letter left to him by President Obama. You know, why in the interests of America's national security does the archives, do the archives people need to have whatever Obama wrote to, to Trump? I, I mean, they're just, Trump kept things he felt were his, you know, that for whatever reason he wanted to hold on to. And these archives people are saying, you know, we don't care if the people chose Trump and the people kept him in power and the people, and they reelected him in 2020, which they did. You know, we just see this opportunity to take him down and, and we're gonna do it. I mean, Bill Barr is just a, it, it's an important concept I'm saying because this is the uh, DOJ, FBI, not accountable really to anybody. Uh, as they go after Trump. Archives, not really accountable to anybody. I mean, if we even had a, um, a Republican president in 2024, we had Republican majority House and Senate, I'm gonna tell you, unless the DOJ and FBI are defunded, unless they are dismantled, like taken down, start over, find actual patriots to hire, this conduct will continue. They actually believe they are extra governmental is the term. They think they operate outside of what the government is, that they are actually the ones um, who run everything. And this, this president, whom they've now decided is a bad guy, they don't like whatever reasons they have, uh, that he's not to, be, uh, not to be honored. And, you know, I will tell you, I, the hypocrisy in this particular case is so extreme because the hypocrisy of Biden having documents that he never could have had authority in his entire vice presidency under Obama. Biden took documents from his vice presidency and they related to national security and China things and their issues and they're in the UPenn Biden Center, you know, not exactly safeguarded like things are, uh, I'm gonna guess at Mar-a-Lago and certainly in, and, and you know, and the entire DOJ and FBI is fully aware of this, but they work for Biden, so they're just gonna let it go. I mean, the, this is a, it, it's a, it's a crisis in America that is allowing this to continue. And I'll, I'll go back to something else about, you know, when you look at, in terms of the big issues, the actual taking down of America, happening before our very eyes, that we have to spend even 30 seconds in this country talking about the DOJ prosecuting President Trump because he has documents he was allowed to have and they don't care what documents Biden had and may still have. They don't care about the document. They never cared when Clinton's assistant uh, strolled up to the archives and stuffed documents down his pants and walked out. That didn't seem to matter to the DOJ and the FBI. Didn't seem to matter, documents located in Obama's. In fact, Obama just sends some letter, hey, by the way, I'll take care of this, I'll get it back to you, okay. I mean, this is a, um, I, I just can't tell you how consequential this is in terms of, it's not just disrespecting President Trump, it's disrespecting the structure of our, of our governance and ultimately, which means disrespecting the people, the, America, the American people, the sovereign. So um, these, this may seem like an esoteric point I'm making, or um, you know, kind of not not as punchy as it can be, but it really goes to how we lose power as we the people, we the sovereign. If we the sovereign choose a president, and the fourth non-elected, non-accountable, never you know, never, can't fire them, can't get rid of them, entire massive federal bureaucracy can go after the president we the people chose and take him down 
and try to get him locked up. You know, there were really saying we've kind of lost the idea of America as founded. We, we've lost the concept of the presidency. Whether the Democrats liked Trump or not, he had all that authority uh, as president and the Presidential Records Act, as well as uh, the authority to designate anything ranging from, you know, top secret or there are categories above top secret down to, you know, anyone can see it kind of stuff. That's the authority he had. His judgment in that on that issue is created by our system in governance. It's, it's the, his judgment as to what should be, what he can take is, is governed by him. This is a, this is a document storing agency that is participating in this, this, you know, witch hunt is not even strongest where this effort to take down uh, who is clearly going to be the GOP nominee for president um, and the main contender against uh, the wannabe dictator Biden. Okay, um, you know, I, I'm going to hit one more thing in the GOP and then talk about um, Juneteenth, but I want to give Emil and Mr. Minio a little heads up in there. Hey there. Okay, so um, it's funny in the studio, I can't quite see him, but um, I'm going to want to be talking in just a moment, please, um, about um, uh, Project Switch. And so, um, and so uh, if you can get that little flyer ready. Okay. All right. So now I want to talk about, uh, very quickly, the GOP blinks and Adam Schiff escapes. Okay. This is just a quick story, but you know, when you hear uh, real patriots, real activists, conservatives doing, um, you know, very, very actively talking about anything, you know, um, uh, and very actively involved in government, one of the perpetual gripes you hear from conservatives is, the Republicans never fight. They don't stand up. They never stand up. They never fight back. They, they, never, they, they never stand with their base. The Republicans go to Washington and they just go, they you know, were calling it the surrender mode. It has some term like that. Uh, but you know, it's just this basic surrender mode. This notion that they go to Washington and they seem to be, the Republicans seem to think their job is to get along. And so this is why the Tea Party got started back under President Obama, because so many conservatives are assuming that, you know, Republicans can get up there and they could see very easily, uh, very early on, that President Obama is a socialist. He's dangerous. He's bringing socialism to America. He's stirring up racial tension on purpose. Republicans were looking for, uh, Republican in the, the vast voter base, looking for Republicans in Washington to stand up and fight. And they never will do it. They won't do it. They never do it. That is just how they are. And so right now, so we had, you know, we had the ridiculous impeachment, um, two impeachments of President Trump, neither of which had an iota of merit. I don't want to spend time on them again today because I've done that before. I may do it again sometime. But now they're sitting in Washington. Now they're sitting in Washington knowing, I mean, they're not, it's not even a question anymore. Everyone paying attention, the Republican majority in Washington knows Biden's not enforcing the border. The border is open. He is, he is, uh, I mean, Mayorkas also, another official who could possibly be impeached, Homeland Security Mayorkas, not enforcing the border, lying to the American people. They're just, I mean, they are inviting this, this ongoing invasion. They're enabling it, this invasion of America. And Republicans can't muster up the strength to go for an impeachment. And I'm sure if you talk to the leaders in the Republican Party in the House, they'd say, well, you know, we don't have everyone on board. We couldn't even sure we could pass the impeachment. Um, and besides, the Democrats control the Senate, and so we wouldn't get them removed. 
We know that didn't bother the Democrats when they had the majority. When the Democrats had the majority in the House, they, I mean, they just go hook, line, and sinker for the jugular against Trump, again, without any justification that was rational. And now you have a guy, the president, or he who occupies the White House, the unelected, you know, selected, election stolen, cabal installed in the White House, abandoning the southern border, engaged in a witch hunt against their political opponents. I mean, the list of items that you could impeach Biden over are, 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 is already lengthy, and the Republicans won't stand up. They won't even think about standing up. They just, you know, issue very sternly worded uh, warnings and messages and white papers and, and tweets. And, and, you know, the Republicans who are serious and earnest and hard fighting, like, what is going on? Get in the fight already. So one little tiny thing happened, an, an ability to possibly get in the fight, um, and that was there was actually a motion to censure you know, censure, C-E-N-S-U-R-E, censure, um, and fine, uh, Democrat member Adam Schiff, or as we often call him this show, Mr. Schiffless. And so Adam Schiff, you have to remember, back when the Trump-Russia collusion hoax was ongoing, and ongoing under most of the people still at the FBI, another thing uh, that the Republicans take almost no action over other than sternly worded denouncements, but in any case, there was an actual motion to censure and fine Adam Schiff because Adam Schiff told America over and over and over during the time of the Trump impeachment effort uh, over, and the, the Trump investigation into Trump-Russia collusion, the massive investigation, millions of dollars spent, you know, hundreds of thousands of man hours spent investigating a non-existent thing. And as it turns out, we finally all know, uh, because of the Durham report, there never was anything to it to start with. The Republicans, uh, I mean, Durham finally acknowledged that within the FBI, and the, and the CIA and the DOJ, they knew early on. In fact, they knew as of October of 2019 that Hillary Clinton's team, no, October 2017, Hillary Clinton's team cooked up the whole Trump-Russia collusion hoax as a campaign smear tactic. They knew this. They knew this. And yet they went after, but Adam Schiffless, what he particularly was guilty of was many, many times going on public programs, television programs, news programs, news conferences, anytime and get that mug in front of the camera and saying over and over and over, uh, you know, um, I, I've, I've seen the documents. I, I, I've seen things very, very serious. I've seen things. That, I mean, implying that he had seen proof that this collusion thing actually happened, that the collusion thing actually happened. But the answer was, we now all know, he didn't see that proof because it didn't exist. He lied. And that, you know, I understand politicians lie is like saying the sun is hot. But Schiffless lied to the American people in order to encourage this utterly baseless, massively expensive, politically harmful witch hunt by the DOJ and the FBI uh, this witch hunt against Trump over Trump-Russia collusion, he did it to feed the narrative. Schiffless told these lies, claimed to have seen things. Oh yeah, I've seen a lot. Nothing was there, it was there. There was no there there. And yet 
So he told those lies, not just that he lied, but he enabled, he fomented, he encouraged, and he caused the American people to think, well, geez, this is a member of Congress, and he says he's seen things, and there was nothing there. So finally, somebody had the bright idea, why don't we at least try to censure this liar? And so the Republicans brought up an effort to censure Adam Schiff and fine him $16 million, which was essentially half of what the DOJ and FBI spent investigating the non-existent Trump-Russia collusion. So they were suggesting fine him for half of what we had to pay because he lied and he continued the lie. Anyway, so this is great. We have a Republican majority in the House. Let us least think we can get this done. I mean, this is like, why can't we at least censure the known liar, liar, pants on fire, shiftless, you know, and get him censured and fined. And 20 Republicans voted with the Democrats to say no. No, we, we can't do that. We, you really can't. We, we shouldn't punish him. Just because he led America down a path of, you know, of lies. But we can't do that. This is what Schiffless did. And even now, the Republicans recognizing what came out of the Durham report, there was nothing to it. And they couldn't even find the backbone to censure and fine Adam Schiffless. And this is why when Republicans get mad and they wonder why they don't get more donations, they wonder why the people get mad at them, the Republican base, it's because they don't fight. I am going to read the name of these 20 people, but not today because I want to get to one more story. Plus, I want to tell you first um, about Project Switch. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save these names and throw them out every time these people try to do anything at all uh, claiming that they are conservatives. There's one from Texas, um, who's a known extreme rhino named Kay Granger. I, I, I knew who she'd be on the list. I knew it before I started reading it. I knew she'd be on the list. In any case, there's more of them. But um, I'm going to quick tell you about Project Switch. You can get that flyer up. Do you have that thing? Okay. Um, Patriot Switch. I'm sorry. I said the wrong name. Patriot Switch. Let me just tell you a short story. So July 4th is coming up. Everybody's thinking, I really, really, really want to find a way to, you know, help America, to make a change for America, you know, to help. You know, we, we see America literally, truly, deeply, without any exaggeration at all, being taken down right before our very eyes. That is what we see uh, in America. And so people, they, they see what's happening to the country. They understand, if they're paying any attention at all, that the... Um, we have a huge, huge problem with China, uh, meaning that America buys too many products made in China, um, that we are, the, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, is at war with America, and we, the American people, are buying products made in China, and we are therefore supporting the CCP. You want to know a great and simple way to make a switch? You know, be an advocate, be an activist with your dollars. Stop buying stuff made in China. And you can do that by going to patriotswitch.com. Patriotswitch.com slash Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G. What you'll find here at patriotswitch.com is that this is an organization that sells uh, material, sells things all made in America all made in America. These are products that are uh, you could use for cleaning your home, your clothes, your showers, your, I mean, this is, is cleaning products, is food products, um, household products, um, I mean, vitamins and, and minerals, all sorts of great, 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 great things. 
the whole idea of Patriot Switch is to let you begin shopping and use your shopping dollars to support America. So you go to PatriotSwitch.com and here's what you do. This, this company is Patriot owned, made in the USA, nearly 500 household products. My husband and I use them. I wouldn't tell you about them if they weren't great. They are. And they have safe and great products, fast shipping, shipping, very, very healthy products. So when you go to Patriot switch.com slash Debbie G. All that happens there is you sign your name in, say, yeah, I want someone to call me and tell me about this. All they will do is call you and answer your questions. You can find out what people buy at Patriot Switch, what they, you know, how they like the products. I will tell you, I'll be bringing products in over the next several weeks and showing you what we buy. But the whole point is you can make a big shift in your spending dollars and end up supporting America by going to patriotswish.com slash Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, and look through their products and start ordering things. Once a month shipment that comes to your house, we, we actually eagerly open ours every time it comes. Great cleaning products, great shower products, shampoo and soap and, and, and you know, sh uh, um, all sorts of cleaning products of the home, healthy bars, healthy snacks. It's just great stuff. I, I would not, if it was not great stuff, I wouldn't be saying this to you. But it's also a way to support this show because when you go to patriotswitch.com slash WG, you will discover uh, that, th that you can buy great products for yourself and uh, I get a percentage, a small percentage, but I get something for every time you make an order. So it's a way to support the show, fight communist China, Support American jobs, American businesses, American families, and get great products sent to your home. So please go to patriotswitch.com slash WG. Okay, so now I have a little bit of time left in the show. Uh, I want to tell you that very briefly, the other little topic I was going to get you, I'll tell you in 30 seconds, which is uh, today is Juneteenth. And Juneteenth, you know, um, I know that there are people talking about they don't like Juneteenth uh, because some... There's some apparent effort by the 1619 Project to try to, you know, substitute uh, July 4th and make Juneteenth the uh, substitute holiday. No, that is a no, non-starter, forget about it. But Juneteenth just celebrates uh, when the remaining slaves in America finally got the news of the Emancipation Proclamation because obviously back then they didn't have the internet, they didn't have phones, didn't have computers. And so uh, there was a day, it was in Galveston, Texas, federal troops arrived in 1865 on June 19th to basically say, you know, to everyone, all slaves are freed. We've had the Emancipation Proclamation. You know, it's a celebration. I think it's kind of cool. Um, but two things are not cool about it. One is Biden in the endless cluelessness uh, put out a tweet talking about how Juneteenth is about not banning books. So he doesn't, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Um, and then, of course, every leftist in the country tries to pile on and say that Juneteenth uh, should be a huge holiday because, as with many other holidays, the left pushes is the grievance industry on steroids. It's the grievance industry thought on a new thing they can complain about and a new way to get the um, issue before the American people. If, if they even thought about trying to substitute Juneteenth and get rid of July 4th, there should be a massive, and there would be a massive uprising in this country. July 4th, 1776 is one of the most important dates in all of world history 
because it was a time the American people finally wrote down for the world the idea that individuals have the right to live in freedom just because they were born. That is the entire purpose of this, of July 4th, of celebrating the Declaration of Independence. We're going to do a big celebration on this show in the next several weeks on the idea of July 4th and how consequential and meaningful it was uh, over the centuries that we had these ideas written down the Declaration, you know, and, and then obviously what was spelled out and further explained in the Constitution, the Federalist Papers, these, these grand ideas that made America the most noble, extremely important, consequential, extraordinarily great country in all of world history. That's what America was at the founding, is today, and must be celebrated as that. Okay, we're almost out of time, so I'm going to turn very quickly to tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our day talking today about Father's Day. Father's Day weekend comparisons, small gathering of friends, all conversation on the horrifying, horrifying Biden cabal assault on America, restaurant outing on Saturday night, packed with families and fathers. Do they have a clue about America's desperate plight? Will they not wake up until it's too late? Fathers are so important to families as role models for their children, defenders and protectors of wives and family, to saving America by standing up and speaking out with courage to stop the leftist assault. George Washington, as father of our country, is the ultimate role model for presidential demeanor, judgment and fidelity to the Constitution, and the cause of human freedom. America needs new George Washington caliber leaders of exemplary character. And on uh, who ran and who is the U.S. government, hint, it's not Bill Barr. Bill Barr exemplifies the out-of-touch, out-of-control, deep state mentality. Barr believes the president and the people are accountable to the government and the permanent bureaucracy, ma institutions. The Constitution provides government power is limited. Its purpose is to protect the rights of the people. Government is accountable to we the people, not the other way around president is elected by we the people to lead and direct the government. The entire Trump documents brouhaha is premised on a bar-like fundamental perversion of the constitutional allocation of power and accountability. And then GOP blinks. <clears throat> um, Adam Schiff uh, escapes, at least this time. Adam Schiff knowingly and willingly lied multiple times to fan the flames of Trump hatred and to delegitimize the Trump presidency. The damage to America was and is incalculable. He knowingly and willingly undermined and sabotaged the duly elected president. Schiff should be censored, fined, expelled, and tried for treason and faced the consequences. His actions were that serious. Spineless GOP punted on fining Schiff for fear of later retribution in kind by the Democrats. America is being lost by GOP spinelessness. What Schiff did is in a category by itself of unconscionable culpability that deserves the strongest rebuke and punishment. If the GOP won't deliver it, the GOP needs to be replaced by American patriots. And on Juneteenth, final official notice of the ending of slavery is a good marker in American history, but June 19th should never be viewed as equivalent in significance to July 4th. The spirit of the Declaration of Independence impelled the ending of slavery. Without the spirit of July 4th, there never would have been a Juneteenth. This is a simple but profound lesson of American history that leftist revisionists seek to confuse. Leftists want to erase the Declaration because of its spirit. 
It is the spirit of the Declaration that puts the founding of America directly under God or divine providence, and that is what all leftists hate. Atheism has always been antithetical to America. Atheism would not impel the ending of slavery. Restoration of strong Christian faith and honoring July 4th is critical to restoring America. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Tune in tomorrow, please, with Trevor Loudon joining us. You will love him. And tune in every day, Monday through Thursday, at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you